goes inside for Ian Betten. Off the ball here for Simon, who's quick. Pete Simon looking for Karim Betten. Back to Simon. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wild. That is amazing from the Wallabies. Hello and welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. I'm Ando, with me is Mitch, and this is our instant reaction pod for day two of the Super Rugby Pacific Super Round in Melbourne. Mitch, it's been a lot of action, a lot of drama as usual. How good has it been to be here in Melbourne for day two? Yeah, day two, bigger and better. Uh, back for more rugby, more massive hits on the field. It's just been a fantastic Mate. weekend of rugby that's just been going getting better and better every second mate it's been good so what we're going to be doing tonight is going through the two matches that occurred today moana pacifica versus the chiefs and the fijian and drua versus the new south wales waratahs once we've done that i'll quickly tell you now we're going to have the um, post-match press conferences available and we'll go through the order and who's available in those conferences uh, later on right at the end of the pod but for now why don't we start off with Moana and the Chiefs, the first game of the day, and it was, look, one of the matches that was really one-sided to begin with. Moana did come into it a little bit again at the end of the game, but essentially by the end of the first half, it was 3-35 to 35 in a favour of the Chiefs, um, and they kind of just took the foot off the pedal. Yeah, it was a bit of a funny game, this one. The, the Chiefs got out to a really strong start, and... I think we've actually seen a record broken tonight. Uh, we the, did. the Chiefs scored the fastest try in Super Rugby history. Nine Incredible. seconds. Literally off the kickoff. They kick it long. Um, Nine takes it, goes for the pass back inside, and Poi Hippie runs through, intercepts, puts it down. Oh, he like he just got the... They, it's like they passed it to him. It, yep. Just straight into the bread basket, and he's over the try. So um, the Chiefs look good from early on and just kind of stated their dominance and continued to apply that pressure, which Moana succumbed to uh, pretty much for the first 30 minutes. They sort of started to get things back on track towards the end of the half, and they came back in the second half and really started to, uh, you know, get some dominance there, and the Chiefs let them score a few tries. Yeah, look, it was one of those performances where um, the Chiefs were just absolutely dominant, and they really just took their foot off the pedal when players like Sam Kane and Brody Retallick came off. You saw a real drop in intensity, particularly um, also when Damian McKenzie came off in about the 65th yep, or so minute. Then, yeah. um, it was just noticeable how much uh, different they were in terms of their attacking quality. And I guess that, um, let's not talk about the negatives. The Chiefs were imperious within the first half the Moana were really struggling to have an impact within their attacking plays rarely getting over the game line a Chiefs defense was aggressive and accurate um, rarely giving away penalties and Damien McKenzie with Brad Webber inside of him was just they were just orchestrating the Chiefs back line to be running amok it was great to watch yeah I mean it was just one of those things where the Chiefs were on again and last week we saw that against the Crusaders that the Chiefs came out and put in a dominant performance and this week they they, they spoke about in the press but they wanted to build on that performance and they they definitely didn't want to come in and sort of rest on the laurels a little bit and sort of go okay we've had a good win they need to continue that momentum into the season and we definitely saw that yeah definitely and so um the like we already mentioned first half was to 35 second half 29 to 52 so moana probably happy that they took away a Came away in second half, winning the second half. So Aaron Major was 
I'm, I'm not going to say happy, but he, he, he was taking some positives from this game in terms of how his team performed within the second half. They came out really, really strong with Tavatavanoi and um, Molly going over for tries within the first 10 minutes of the second half before um, Sean Stevenson. He had a fantastic game, scoring 15 points um, and just really running amok as well. It, it kind of went quiet a little bit from about the 50th to the 65th minute. Both teams just seemed to kind of be rocked from some of the changes and not going through um, the normal cohesive play that they would be wanting to do. Realistically, the Chiefs need to be better if they want to be kind of a great championship side and really be pushing. They need to make sure that they don't let teams um, come back into a game like Moana were able to at the start of that second half, although they did put them all I mean, it's one of those things, like, you can look at it two ways. In the first instance, like, they had that game sewn up pretty convincingly like by the 45th minute so they rang in early subs yeah so they even said in the press conference that they had earned the right to bring on those substitutes and give their star players a bit of a rest and so they did enough really they scored a few more tries yes they did sort of go away from their structures a bit at times they gave away three yellow cards which is not good in any uh super rugby game at this level and and any of the teams in the competition will punish you with that amount of ill discipline but at the end of the day, they still won by a comfortable margin. And, you know, championships teams need that time to manage their players and their workloads. And so, you know, they, they can't be upset with the performance they put in. Well, the broadcasters will be pretty happy because the second game, the evening game, the primetime game of each night has been the dominant game or the most entertaining I should say game of the weekend. So we're going to move now to the Drua versus the Waratahs. And this was an absolute encounter. The Drua were on absolute fire within the first half, putting in probably the most aggressive and physical defensive shift that I have seen from a Super Rugby team in a very long time. The quality and the power within their defensive hits was amazing, and the crowd were riding every single hit. Yeah, I mean, again, this is another funny one in terms of how I kind of sit here and think about the game. Like, if I, particularly now when we're recording right after the press conference, that you've got a bit of a treat coming up for you and some <laughs> of the things that Mick Burner said. But, I mean, I'll sit here and, and just talk about the game, I think, first, and then we can sort of unpack that other yep. stuff a yep, little yep. bit later. But initially, yeah, the, the Drewer were good in that first 40 mm. minutes, and they had the Waratahs number. Their physicality, their on-ball presence, they were... M- forcing the Waratahs to make mistakes. The You could see at times that players were just out of the corner of their eye, just sort of looking at who was coming and where that hit was coming from. And a number of times the players ended up spilling the ball. Uh, they scored quick tries. They were able to, to put the Waratahs under a lot of pressure. Physicality, yep. breakdown presence, dominance at the set piece as well. So the Drua, I think for that first 40 minutes, we were really impressed with the performance that they were able to yeah. yep. um, push the Waratahs. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I just kind of want to speak to within that is so many people love to crap on a Tars, and yet fair enough, okay, it can be pretty fun at times. Um, but I think people were going within this game too quickly to the Tars of being rubbish within that first half, when my perspective on it is that actually it wasn't the Tars being bad, it was the Drua being excellent within that first half, particularly in terms of the defensive intensity, like I mentioned before. But the Waratahs stood up to it. They withheld and went into the break 10-10, which, with the quality of the Ndrua play, I actually think was a pretty decent halftime scoreline. And we saw as the game unfolded that Ndrua weren't able to keep up that intensity. 
few issues and stuff with yellow cards and um, I mean yeah, the other side of that coin too is that the Waratahs had opportunities that they uh, ended up not converting yeah, like they, yeah. around uh, the 20th minute there were a couple yeah they, they were in the Drua 22 for a number of minutes and they were applying pressure applying pressure and they turn over a penalty with something silly like offside or hands at the breakdown or something yeah. like that so yeah yeah, look, um, the second quarter, so kind of the final 20 to 40 minutes, um, I think was an area where the Tars, the Tars stood up in the first 20, taking the hits, making the hits, um, tr- basically able to match the intensity. But then they weren't able to, after having ridden that first phase of the game, then impose themselves on the match, which then resulted in just a Druid not taking control but coming out as the more dominant team within the first half. But things turned around pretty quickly, despite an immediate more try to um, Canavere, the hooker, in the 43rd minute to go up 17-10. The Tars started to get forward dominance as the front five of the Ndrua started to tire. Well, they started to tire and they started to get injured, and that was the Mm -hmm. real issue. And I think the turning point was... Uh, I don't have the notes in front of me, but like the 50th minute when they got a yellow card to their replacement hooker. 67th minute. 67th minute to that point. Okay. So, um, but even up until that point, they started to get some injuries in their front row. They Mm. had their replacements on. And when that hooker got that yellow card in the 67th minute, it meant that they weren't able to contest at the the, uh, scrums. So they were playing uncontested scrums, which really just changed the the shape of the game. Yep. Without a doubt. And, um, I mean, we'll touch on some of the comments made by Mick Byrne and Drua Coach in a moment about uh, some of the challenges that he thinks and Drua are facing. But you, you can't doubt that from the 47th minute, the Tars were basically in control. They uh, scored 36, uncontest- uh, 36 unanswered points from the 47th minute onward. And I think a lot of credit needs to go to both Jake Gordon and Tane Edmed. I thought... Um, at 9 and 10, they were really controlling the back line well. Gordon's speed and accuracy of his passing and decision-making was really impressive. But man of the match, from our perspective, I'm saying Lange Gleeson. Who are you saying? Yeah, I'd have to go with Gleeson as well. I think yep. the, the shift that he put in, uh, we were talking about it last week, the, the, the back line combination wasn't really shaping up well. Uh, Gamble isn't really an 8. No. He's a 6 or a 7 predominantly a seven having him at eight affects the way that the waratahs attack the breakdown and without a, a ball dominant heavy hitting player like gleason uh it just didn't work and yep. so having gleason back this week fit and able to put in big minutes meant that that back three combination looked a lot more settled and allowed hooper to to play a little bit more expansively um and then when gamble did end up getting on the field allowed him to roam a little bit more yeah. friendly than we saw last week as well yeah Gleason was absolutely impressive so loved that performance I think the change over all the time sharing that's going to be happening with him and Will Harris is going to benefit them both um, Darren Coleman in the post-match presser was mentioning how Gleason's still young still developing and we've got to make sure he doesn't burn out and so I like that there are two quality eights Harris probably has a little less ball-carrying physicality, I would say. Yep. But either way, 
Great to have both players involved, and Gleason was excellent. Thought uh, Jorgensen did fairly well, considering he was up against an absolutely monster back three for the Endura. Took a nicely taken try down the blind side. Um, when admittedly, when Endura were down, Endura were down to yeah, that was right men. after that yellow card and yeah, the kerfuffle yeah. with the uncontested. They ended up getting out quickly and ran blind, and he scored. So, but I mean, we've got to take our hats off to Jorgensen. Like he's such a young bloke. He's not a massive player by any by any means and you the draw players that he was coming up against he was putting his body on the line he yep. was taking the hits like a trooper he was going high for balls two, two good high ball takes like yep. took them both well got undercut with one of them and still held on to the ball and I mean both of those takes that he took he was marginally tackled early so yep. Yep. the fact that he was still had the confidence to go for it again he, and he got smashed each time as well mm. yeah I think um, Fichetti and um Nwanganitawase grew into the game as well. Fichetti's class, his ability to accelerate and get on the outside of the defensive players is just really, really um, consistent. He does it nearly every time he gets the ball with just that tiny bit of space. And Nwanganitawase also grew into the game in the second half. He got a little bit more time and space on the ball. And it was I felt like there was this element of him wanting to kind of match the physicality of the Fijians because him having Fijian... Um, <laughs> Stock ancestry, heritage. heritage. Yeah. He he seemed to kind of rise to the occasion and match the physicality in a way that sometimes we didn't see from him last year, early last year. Yeah. And so it's great that he's a he, he showed tonight that not only is he a great finisher, um, can accelerate and has some speed, but man, he was he was seeking contact at times and trying to put in some big defensive hits. So that was enjoyable to watch. I think one of the things that my key takeaways from the Waratahs performance tonight was. Early in the half, they seemed to want to target the kind of outside channels of the Drua. They mm. were definitely trying to f spread the ball wide quickly and get that into the hands of Jorgensen or Nwanganitawasi to sort of make space out wide. And it was only when the Drua started to, to tire in the 50th minute or so that they started to actually hit it up in centre field and they started to get a lot more purchase through that, through Lelakai Fagetti, through Isaiah Parisi. So um, it was good that they were able to adapt because no disrespect at all to either the wingers, but that first half, I think they found that they were expecting to be able to get around the Fijian mm. wingers yep. and the physicality ended up making them get smashed into touch a few times. Yeah, correct. It's like they were going wide without earning the opportunity, but you can understand why they weren't earning it because it drew were bloody good. They're, like The defensive pressure they were putting on was immense. We could hear the hits, hear the hits. And, I mean, part of it, we've got to speak to the crowd. The crowd at these Pacifica games are just absolutely incredible. They bring a passion and a joy and a rowdiness. Like, every single defensive hit within the first half had, had the crowd going, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. And when it's coming from around 11,000 people here, I think it was 11,118 or something They're like that. about 800 um, something, yep. Yep, and they would, it, it was just awesome to hear and have that level of crowd participation. I'd I mean, I think if we if we just sort of talk about the, the when we, our experience at the Sevens a few weeks ago mm. and the Fijian influence of that crowd and how loud the crowd became and how involved 
the uh, the whole stadium became when the Fijians were playing. Tonight was just an exact replication of that. We saw it a little bit in the early game, and I think you and I made comments around just expecting there to be a little bit more support for Moana. Mm. Um, and there were a lot of Fijian fans here, and particularly in that early game, whenever the Fijian players on the field for both teams... Yeah, like Peter Gus, so anything, as well. Yep. Yeah, Tomoki, Tavatava, Tanawai. Uh, whenever they did anything, got the ball in their hands, put in a hit, the crowd went nuts. Yep. And when the drawer came on in the second game, this place went off. Yep. Absolutely went off. And from our perspective as Tars fans, mate, it was great to have them quiet. It was great to, as the second half went on, just hear the noise die down a bit and to say, yep, that's a sign of the Tars being able to exert or... Uh, gain dominance over the drawer, which Mate, was... I wanna, I wanna, I've got a question for you that's maybe a little bit off-topic and not necessarily rugby-related, but how do we get that atmosphere for the Tars fans? How do we get that kind of excitement and enthusiasm for the game for fans of Australian rugby? Maybe not even just the Tars, but mm. when when the, uh, the Rebels played last night, yes, there was a good crowd here supporting them, but I wouldn't say they were particularly loud and vocal when the Rebels were doing things. You know what was sad? in a way, was um, not not sad, that's the wrong word. It was enlightening when Brad Wilkins said, yeah, at one point there was even a shout of rebels, rebels. And we haven't had that, that for was, a few years. And that was noticeable. The fact that there was a chant of the team name was a point of note. And there's and, been a what, few what? comments on social media today from some of the players just around how electric the atmosphere last night was for the Rebels game and how they haven't felt that kind of energy from the crowd for a number of years. And, like, it it was a solid crowd. And it, I, it was good. It, it was, was good. good. But, man, compared to, like, some of the Sevens crowds... Yeah. Or, like, the Tars' first game... I mean, okay, the Tars' first game was, like, double the crowd of last night. But, I mean, um, that's the other thing, too. Like, even when we look at the Tars' performance last week or the, the audience participation... It was pretty would, quiet, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Like, when the they do anything on the field of the Fijians, they don't mm-hmm. even score tries. They put in a big hit. They chip the ball through. They, like, they find touch from a penalty, and they go nuts. Yep. Like, that's the kind of thing that we need to get back in Australia. So, how do we get that, rugby. then, is a question. Yeah. I mean, look, I think... Partly we spoke about this. Um, oh, this you don't even have to answer this. Like, oh, I'm not, expe- okay. I'm not this expecting. I'm not expecting. I guess so. Okay. so. I'm not expecting you to solve well, rugby Australia's problems tonight. Yeah. I'm just saying this is what we need. Maybe we do a special episode. Maybe we we put the call out there for people to put their suggestions forward of how to build the atmosphere at um, Super Rugby Pacific home games and also for the Wallabies because I think that that is a really important part of making rugby a fantastic spectator sport and to bring more and more crowds and spectators back into the game. I will say one thing, like the last two weeks that we've been in attendance at the games, Eddie Jones has also been in attendance. <laughs> and both times the telecast or the you know, the home uh, broadcaster has put up shots of Eddie Jones. Last week he was in a box. This week he was actually sitting in the crowd talking to people, which was awesome. Uh, but every time they showed him, the crowd would... And look, they didn't go nuts. I won't say that they were cheering and hollering. But there, there was, was cheering. There, there was, was cheering. cheering. Yeah. There was polite collapse. Yeah. And it went for about 40 seconds, which was great. Yeah. And that's a start. That's a start. It's interesting that a national team coach is getting that type of reception. I mean, I wonder how that's going to go after our first game in South Africa. Where are we playing Pretoria? Um, uh, we're up at... We're in, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're yeah. up at 
altitude so yeah so either way i wonder how that will last but um it's great to just see that passion and interest for the team um mitch you're breathing heavily into the mic just so you know <laughs> i i actually can't hear myself at all this uh, uh, no that's something for everybody at home to just really enjoy it now i think mate is there anything else about the game that you want us to be covering Oh, look, we've been going for nearly 20 minutes, so I, I think, think that's, that's enough for instant reaction. We're hitting our, uh, our thing, our yeah, sort of quota right. here. But look, I just, we I could guess talk more about the TARS. I mean, we basically make every pod just a TARS-specific pod. Oh, this so. is a TARS, a TARS no, performance we that we need it. to be happy about. They've got their first <laughs> win of 2023. They look good. It they was a good secured win. a good bonus win. point. Darren Coleman said, and I asked him around that, that this was uh, something that he was definitely keen on and was proud of the boys for securing yeah. and keeping. It was a few times, like, we were up on the level uh, where the media box is in this stadium. The, the TARS coaching box was about three suites away from us. And uh, I could see him pretty clearly throughout the game. And a few times I look over. There was one point I noticed particularly after... Uh, it might have even been Jorgensen's try over here in the corner. I looked over and he was screaming into his headset. He was screaming something down to uh, Paulie, the, the coach yep. on the field. And he said in the post-match that he was just screaming at the players, secure the bonus point. Yep. Make sure we retain that bonus point. Because what yep. is it? It's four tries more than the opposition for a winning bonus point. Yep. Yeah. So they must have just got it at that point. And so he was screaming, we need to make sure we retain it. Yeah, massive. And like you said, um, that's going to be really important in a latter part of the season if they want to be challenging for those top spots. Well, mate, what I think we might do, finish it up there. I'm going to quickly go through the post-match presses and let everybody know who you are going to be hearing. And we're also back again tomorrow for the Super Round. We don't know just yet whether we will have time for a reaction point. <laughs> we're going to be racing to the airport so maybe we do it on a bus maybe we we'll, we'll figure something out we will get you a podcast though whether it's going to be available for you sunday night or um maybe we'll record on monday night we'll see how it goes we'll do our best to get it to you as soon as we possibly can we just need to get on our flight back to sydney yeah. um so starting off we're going to have the chiefs with head coach clayton mcmillan captain brad weber and remeka poihippi who has now got the record for the fastest super rugby try in history now following that will be moana pacifica coach aaron major with solomoni funaki then the waratahs darren Con- Followed by the Indruas, Mick Byrne, and Tavita Ikinaveli. So, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for listening in this instant reaction pod of day two of Super Round down in Melbourne. Get along to the final day. It's going to be massive. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Right, guys, let's uh, start with the, uh, the quickest try ever in Super Rugby. Who wants to take uh, credit for that one? I just scored it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, I was spit a lot. I guess you do homework throughout the week and you get a vague idea of what they're going to do if, uh, when we kick to them. But like I said, I think a lot of it's luck and just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Were you expecting the ball? Because, I mean, you would run that line time and time again, but that pass very rarely comes your way like that. Yeah, not necessarily expecting it, but I guess got to be on for when it does come, like it, like today. So that no, was pretty cool. You know, Brad? A great result for the team, especially after last week's results. Um, start the season 2-0, 2-0 wins, that must be pleasing. Um, yeah, it was. The first half was good. Um, our mate here is probably not, not too happy with the second half and probably fair enough too. We want to, you know, great teams don't let off. And um, yeah, we let off 
after half time they brought a lot more intensity and a bit more attitude than us which is not great so um, plenty still to, to look at which is I guess can be a positive thing when you win like that. Yeah, I was still grateful to, to get the win and you know, we think that Moana with, uh, in their second year we played them pre-season we could see the improvements that they were making so they'll you know, they'll keep improving and get better and I'm sure they're going to get some wins so we, we respected them. Um, for us it's probably around setting some standards and obviously we set, set, set a high bar last week and um, in the areas where we were really good we were poor today so it was, uh, um, yeah, it was it's, it's nice to win but there's still plenty to work on. But I thought around the breakdown our carry clean game is an area where we where we pride ourselves and I thought they outpassioned us in that area. Just on that, you know, after a win like last week, it's very easy for teams to kind of take the foot off the gas, but you know, particularly that first half of team found the point to prove. Was that was that a message drilled in to really make sure that, you know, yes last week last week was good, but it doesn't mean anything if we don't back up on today. Yep, yep, we drilled that in numerous times. Drilled it in before we jumped on the bus to come here. But we know that, um, you know, um, previous uh, victories are not a predictor of what's going to happen in the future. You still have to go out and, and earn everything that you get. So in the first half, as these guys have alluded to, there was lots to be positive about. Um, but the second half, in general, I think, was just scrappy, slow, um, no flow. was as a spectacle. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have been... And I thought it was too great to watch, to be fair. And what do you put some of that change down to, particularly maybe in the first 15 minutes of that second half? Um, bit of fatigue. Um, just the inaccuracies, I guess, from both sides that you know prevented the game from, from flowing. Um, I thought there was a lot of um, additional chatter from um, the officials that... Um, that had an impact, so I'm, I'm sure they'll go away and have a have a look at and, at their game and see how they can be a bit smoother. Brad, uh, your house partner Damien, man, he's playing absolutely uh, incredibly at the moment. So, you know, when he's playing like that, that must make your job so much easier as well. Yeah, it's I mean it's good to have him back. He's uh, added a bit, uh, you know, he's a classy player, and you don't just lose class like that. So it's great to add someone like that. And you know, I've been playing with Damien for. Uh, over 10 years now so um, yeah I, I, it's great to play with him I sort of know where he's going to be and what he's trying to do we play a similar style we're both obviously little men that like to play quick and um, you know he, he leads the team pretty well he's obviously got a, the full range of the skill set and um, he's quite brave so yeah he's probably you run out of superlatives for him to be fair so um, just got to keep him grounded that big head, big head of his can get a bit Learned. <laughs> uh, Clayton, just on the injury front, no knocks report from this game. I don't know if it's Do you expect any guys back over the next couple of weeks? <clears throat> um, I don't think anything significant out of, out of today. Um, from our perspective, it was good to be able to bring a few guys off um, relatively early, um, which, which we sort of earned the right to do uh, through the first 40 minutes. Uh, but we left some guys back at home as well that, that played last week that. Um, got an opportunity to sort of freshen up, so uh, 
barring some pretty shit news when I go back in, something that hasn't sort of come across my desk at the moment then sort of come through relatively unscathed, which is pleasing. And then just quickly touching on the end of the match, it seemed like all the players were out on their feet in the final couple of minutes. Have you found now that it's two games into the season that the game is a little bit faster with some of the variations they brought in? Or do you think it's kind of similar to last season? Uh, I, I mean, I think when we're comparing, say, last week to this week, I think we're looking at two different sort of games. And there's no doubt, I think, that the, the conditions... Like, we haven't had, we haven't played in conditions like this for a while, probably since the last since Fiji, and that wasn't a pleasant experience for us either. They looked pretty pretty out on their feet, so it's just something that we have to get used to, you know, when we come over over these ways. That it's uh, it's a bit hotter, drains you, um, the travel factor, you know, like. But the game is definitely sped up, so it's it's positive. Um, I guess to start with, just can you just reflect on that performance because we've seen that. First half of Chiefs really seemed to kind of run away over the game, but you seemed to have some positives towards the end there. Oh, heaps of positives um, towards the end. I thought we showed our real spirit as a team. I think um, other teams may have laid down and, and had 80 points put on them, but just really proud of, of the effort uh, to win that second half, 26-14. Um, I think the score might have been after being 38-3 down. So uh, really proud of, of these men. Uh, they didn't give in and show what we're capable of when, uh, when, when we get it right. So... Yeah, massive, massive um, comeback. Just in terms of the halftime talk, what are you saying to try and really rally the guys and what do you think really was that difference between the first and second half? Uh, I thought the body language was a little bit mixed at halftime, so really just um, inspiring belief that we can put these guys under pressure. Probably got to stop paying too much respect to All Blacks uh, running at us and really focus on, on our own game and I thought the first actions after halftime were outstanding. We talked about inspiring each other with our actions and see Tuanga Fussy after um, you know playing his first game in 18 months at this level, uh, first tackle, chase tackle, got us on the front foot, and we ended up scoring a couple of minutes later. So, and I just saw the energy energy lift. I knew we were going to have a good second half after that, and that's us playing our game. Uh, we just need that from the first minute next time. I think actually on that, we actually got down the right part of the field early on. We probably could have been a little bit more balanced in our attack and that first raid down there. But man, you've got to give credit to the Chiefs. Like they're an outstanding team. I just think their intensity around the breakdown, their ability to get back up and get set and keep knocking us over early on was, was outstanding. I think you know they're going to be really dangerous in this competition. Uh, they've proved it the first couple of weeks. And um, yeah, like I said, I was really proud that we were able to match it with them in the second half and, and finish strong. Bill Monster, you've only been around for a for a while. Have you seen them for the that? What was that one, sorry? You said we could try them that first one, but it takes one of my good friends, Ben Herring, I don't know if you remember Ben Herring, he actually scored one of those against Wellington in a, in a game down in Invercargill, he was playing for Southam one year, same thing, intercepted it from the from the pass. So, yeah, what was the time on the clock there? It's about five yeah, seconds? Eight, eight seconds? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty impressive. Wasn't ideal though, was it? That's <laughs> not. Um, so, I mean, from your perspective as a player on the field, that first half was really difficult for the team. What was it that the Chiefs were bringing that was really undoing you on the field? I think it's not so much of the of the chief in the first half. Boys was just going in there, and it feels like the energy was a bit flat. As we were talking about the second half, when we come in, we just try stay there in the first half. Second half, coach came in, pulled up the energy in the second half, and then um, everyone 
the bench come on and when we go out there, I think it's more about our enjoyment we were talking through the week. Um, the boys were enjoying playing our own rugby instead of trying to play the G's rugby. It's on that energy, I guess a round like this, um, where everyone's in Melbourne, it really seemed like as you guys started to build that momentum, the crowd got behind you. From a player's perspective, um, did you notice that? Did you notice that kind of lift and did you try and feed off their energy? Um, kind of, and, but sometimes not inside there when you're in the moment and can't really hear the crowds, but um, yeah, kind of. I guess from these two weeks, um, I say we had the Chiefs before, and I said they've really seen the improvement from you know from last year into the trial you guys played for. And confident you said enough over these next two weeks that you can really lay the platforms and get just get some momentum rolling on as we sort of get into the season properly. Yeah, definitely. I think um, probably don't really need to look too much at the first half. I'll probably focus more on the second half with our team and, and just uplift the spirit around what we're capable of when we play our game and, and just play without fear, really. Like, um, like there's nothing to fear when we're in that mood. So we uh, just got to capture that, ball it up and uh, hit it from minute one next week against the force. You already mentioned John McCarthy is one of the players that injected well in that second half. Who else stood out to you that had a really kind of impactful performance when they came onto the field? No, I thought all eight of them. I thought uh, Lotto Anisi come on at number eight and he was just, we knew we were going to get some pop from him. The way that he carried from those kickoffs after we'd scored, got us back on the on the front foot again. Uh, Abraham Bully uh, come on at loose head prop um, alongside Isi. Uh, Ray Newer uh, come on at hooker as well and like he's just hard man to put down, got us some momentum. Um, Henry Tofu at the end, last 15 minutes, got us some real punch through the middle of the field. So. I thought they were really good. Willie Harvilli uh, put us in some positions to, to score tries from his big boots, and I thought they were all outstanding. They all responded to the challenge at half time. Um, Darren, about 45 minutes in, I looked at you. Did you feel a bit nervous at the one point in time? Was I sitting above the desk or underneath it at that point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. It was um, real crunch time for the season there. I, thought, I know it's early talking about round two season, but. Yeah, we're in a bit of a dark place after last week, emotionally and and confidence always gets dented when you when you don't do some things well. And then that first half, they really got into us, and I thought we're tough, but they were probably tougher in that first half. And then they scored again straight after half time. I think if you looked up then, I was yeah, I would have been pretty nervous. Um, but I was just really proud how we stayed in the fight, we stayed in the arm wrestle, we stuck to our plan, we didn't lose patience in what our tactical keys were and, and we rolled over them. It was unreal. Was it uh, the expectation or the hope that you finished right over the top of the line? I assume, but what would you say it's at half time? Pretty much those things around just staying it. Like it, we felt, like I noticed their loose head had got uh, in concussed early. They had some, they lost a prop last week as well. I, I did sort of have a suspicion that some of their big guys might, might tire and the ferocity in their defence, it's a pretty special team if you can keep that up for 80 minutes. And unfortunately, or fortunately for us, they couldn't. And then we started finding seams, started going forward, a scrum and more, started getting dominance, and uh, yeah, the rest flowed. Didn't Gilly say something to that effect that I think I just wondered, Jake, how that fell off the field, keeping the faith. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah, I think um, 
especially that first half, there were some really big hits within the game from both sides, really, too. Lockie Swindon was getting stuck in, um, but was still pretty loose. Uh, we're still turning the ball over at the contact area, which is a little bit frustrating. Um, but, yeah, I was really proud of how we sort of turned that around the second half. We got real sort of dominance through our set piece, which was pleasing. We started getting the ball in some of our ball carriers' hands, like Izzy, La, Marky, um, and we seemed to score some really nice tries by the end of it, which was pleasing because that was sort of the frustration, I think, um, leading into this game that we probably didn't unleash enough, uh, and you saw that in the second half. Darren, um, Albany Lane's the starting lineup. Did you, gave you impact probably for a while. Just how much have you seen his growth and what he, how crucial was he really kind of making them physically and ultimately just turning the game in that second half? Yeah, he was lungy. Mentioned lungy. Yeah, he was a juggernaut, wasn't he, today? Like he was, uh, he showed that he can be a big minute player as well. Like that was our. Our fear is a little underdone when he came back from Wallaby camp and he had a, a decent break. So it just took him a while to build into those bigger minutes. He got 30 decent ones last week and then I think he got 55, 60 today. So we just wanted to build him, but yeah, he'd be sore because he, although he comes out the other side of the contacts, there's a lot of heat coming on his on his body. He's just a, an amazingly powerful athlete. What have the commentators likened him to today? Yeah, he's probably a little different in the fact he's he's probably faster than Todd Eye. He's, he's got more speed, but he hasn't grown the craftiness that Todd Eye had later in his career. He's got he's got a bit of work to do there, um, and still confidence. Like you got to keep telling him that he, he can be the best player on the field. He doesn't believe it quite yet, and if you you pump his tyres, he, he he can do it. How many plans for him this season? Do you do you want to get more fitness out of him? Oh, I think he'll just naturally run into fitness. Like those athletes, like it's hard to be so powerful, but also aerobically being able to sustain it. Um, but he'll he'll build that. Like as I said, he got sixty today. If, um, he'll keep we'll keep adding on that. I don't know if he'll ever be an eighty-minute player, and not in the short term. And he's still under young. People forget he's only twenty-one, twenty-two, and he's this his second year of professional rugby. He didn't even get a full year of pro rugby last year, so. I think we've just got to be a little careful how much we throw him out there and, and let him burn out. Like we, yeah, And we're f- super fortunate we've got so much depth in the back row that we, we don't lose when we put on fresh guys. And I've got to give a rap to that bench. Like we, I, I think the starting 15 broke him. Like I, th- I thought the momentum had swung, but then we brought on Tolu, Taleni and Charlie Gamble all in one hit. And I love that little turbo boost the team gets when those boys come on. Uh, Jake, um, Darren said before, a bit of a dark place last week. Is there a sense of relief from the playing perspective to get through and register the first Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, we've sort of been feeling frustration throughout the week. Uh, just after the game, we put a lot into that um, and felt like we didn't throw too many punches against the Brumbies. And... To be honest, for the first 45 minutes, it felt the same tonight. Um, for the last sort of 35, I thought we played really well, really dominant. Uh, got front football, Tulani, Tolu, Langi, you know, Will Harris, those sort of guys getting into the game allowed us to play on the front foot. Um, you know, I know when we play on the front foot, we're a really t- hard team to stop. Um, so, yeah, it's pleasing. It also shows us we can score points again. So, I think that's a, a massive relief for the team. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you had about nine something in the first half but was that just more down to the Fijians kind of being more in your face that you kind of 
Yeah, I, I think when you probably look at a lot of the penalties, we're losing the contact in a lot. <clears throat> and we got caught on, along the wrong side of the breakdown a lot from them dominating the collision and us backpedaling, getting caught for being offside. So, yeah, when we started to get, I guess, more parity through the contact zone, uh, you sort of you didn't see as many offside penalties and infringements around the breakdown. So there's a lot to do with the contact early. Players going for intercepts from offside positions. That hurt us a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you surprised that he got through 70 or was that the plan playing out for as long as possible? Um, yeah, probably the, the latter. We were going to see how he went. Um, we had a young kid on the bench, Dan Botha, so we didn't want to throw him to the Wolves too much. And we had a bit of a plan there with the beauty of Tetra is he can play both sides. So And full credit Archer Holtz. Like he's playing with a pretty significant rib injury and... and um, yeah, we, we just need to, to sort of get Harry back as well, just to share that load. It's such a physically demanding spot. But Tommy Lambert's just got a great motor on him, hasn't he? He just keeps um, keeps popping up too, too much sometimes with the ball in his hands. But he's uh, he's a little um, energizer bunny. He keeps going. Any other injuries? First chat, I think we're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, I'm Sydney pretty happy. Like we we, we were strong and. Physical, we wore them down. We didn't have to show too much in attack, like uh, the way the game went and the amount we mauled. We didn't have to sort of show too many plays and things like that, and we got through injury-free. So, um, and I, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the boys will be feeling a lot more confident and good about themselves. So we can't wait to get into next week. You got to do it sometime. Like we, we got a great run home. So that's the flip side of it. Um, we yeah we we sort of targeted if we could I'm thinking if we can get get to three and zero and we went after the Brumbies fell over we felt well, we fell over against the Brumbies it's like if we can get the two down in Melbourne we're back up in the top sniffing around that top four and and I, and I think we've got our people look at our draw and go we've got a lot of tough teams away I get that but we've also got potentially some teams at home that we should we should be able to to win so. Um, yeah, you got to play them anywhere, and it's it's a reciprocal of last year, so not not much in it. I think it's Christmas holidays is what he put it on. But um, no, he uh, he played at 108 last year. He got up to about 112, 113. Uh, with he was lifting a lot. And when he wasn't with us, when he was on his leave, and he found that probably a little heavy. He's playing at about 110 now at the moment. So uh, he'll, he'll settle, like, I think, a powerful athlete like that. You just train him and their body weight will settle where it settles. But, yeah, I think he's, he'll run into some fitness now. And, and sorry, Dave, so he, he seemed pretty pissed off that he didn't, wasn't part of that like, initial starting side. Is that kind of what you want as well, that anger, the fire in the belly when you're not in the... In the I can't tell if Langy's happy or pissed off. He never talks. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think he was. I, I think Langy's a really good team, man. Like, uh, I know he's, um, yeah, some players, when you refer to them as impact players or super subs, they don't like it. Everyone likes to wear that, particularly that number eight jersey. It's a pretty coveted jersey, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's the alpha male of your team in a way. So he, um, I know he wants to be that, and he, uh, he did a pretty good job of it today.
the boys were able to come away with a bonus point tonight. Is that something that you were talking about? I was shouting down the, the radio about keeping that bonus point. It was really key for us. All those points, like if we're gonna if we're gonna get a good position in that final ladder, you pick those up along the way. We 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 did well to, to get it last week, and we got it again this week. I think they'll all tally up at the end. Nick, after 45 minutes, must have felt pretty good about that. Yeah, I think uh, proud of uh, the way they approached their game. And, uh, you know, when we came in at half-time, we, I think they knew they were in for a game. And we felt we'd done what we needed to do. And uh, we regrouped and came out in the second half. And circumstances, as they are, got the better of us. So when you say circumstances? I think you saw the game. We had props off the field. Hookers off the field. Challenge. Oh mate, I just the game's there's a, it's an indictment on the game. You've got a law to stop coaches cheating. You know, we go down to thirteen men because we've got injured hooker. We've got injured prop. We can't physically contest the scrum. And we've got to go down to thirteen men. In this year, the way we're at, we've got, a, we've got people with cameras. Last week we had an HIA where the doctor spoke in English to a player that doesn't understand English and he didn't get the question right, he didn't understand the question and we had to stand him down for 12 days. So, you know, there's challenges for us. Not hiding away under excuses because we'll, we came out today and we, we went hard at him. Uh, it's just a challenge for us at times way it was today so you know I think the boys did really well they were a good side um, and when we got down to 13 men we were in a bit of trouble yeah well just last week was an issue for us um, player was asked in English what stadium is that <laughs> and unfortunately for our boys they didn't have a clue where he, he didn't have a clue where he's at he said I don't know so and you know Match day doctor today, I understand, is a club doctor. He's a super super team doctor. He was a match day doctor. There's just little things that, you know, we, we need to... I'm not making excuses here, all right? We got beaten today and we got beaten fair and square at the end of the day, but some things we'd like to have got better. But when we went down to 13, we were in a bit of trouble. What did you mean about... Did you say coaches cheating... No, well, I just think there's, the, you know, when you go down to the hooker comes off and we can't replace the front row, I understand why it's there because you could tactically make that decision if your scrum's going backwards and you could keep, you could keep your full scrum out in the field. But when you've legitimately got players injured, we've got one of the best players here who's both, both calves are cramped up and can't move, can't, can't come back on, we're, we're in trouble. And that's just the way it is. You know, we, we understand that. It's just, it was a shame it happened to us tonight when we were going good. Tavita, sorry, is it just to you? Just cramped or physically otherwise okay? Yeah, just cramped. Uh, this first time it happened to me. Both legs cramped up from the Achilles till the hamstrings. <laughs> so I was disappointed I had to come out. I wanted to stay in with my brothers. 
but it is what it is. <clears throat> Despite the frustration, um, it's pretty fierce, ferocious first 45 minutes. Do you feel like there's some positives despite the fact that the score blew out? Yeah, I think there's a lot of positives. We came out today. Uh, I know coming out in the second half, they couldn't live with us with our uh, physicality. I saw it in their faces and I saw it in the body languages. And I think, uh, as coach said, circumstances didn't go away after 45 minutes. So it is what it is. And how important is it going back next week to Fiji? Oh, it's very important. First home game. We've got the best crowd in the world behind us. And I'm sure the boys are disappointed today. And we'll have that to feel less fuel to the fight for come next week. Yeah, look, I think today, you know, obviously despondent with the result, and I, I really feel for our players that the, you know what they did in the first fifty was as good as we played, and you know we we showed that what we can do, we show how far we've come in in our, in our time in our short time in this this very hard competition, and I was proud of them. Yeah, I'm just I'm just disappointed, and I yeah I am despondent for them, you know. Uh, but I'm not making any excuses about what I say. We were out there and we were working hard, and we 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 played well. And what we did do is we set ourselves up for next week. We'll get back, we'll recover. Um, we'll get you know we'll get on our our flight. We'll get back there. We'll recover during the week, and we'll we'll be looking forward to waiting this week for a team to come over to us. And not have to get back on a flight, um, and that's that's exciting. Our, our fans will be there, and you know we're looking forward to welcoming the Crusaders at Latoka. Um, I think you saw the crowd that was there with the Chiefs last year, and they'll be they'll be there yelling and screaming next week. So um, I just feel really proud of what our guys did in that first half, and you know for the first few minutes of the second half, and. Uh, and so should our fans, and I'm sure they'll support them when they come out next week. To see that support, particularly in that first half, it seemed like every time you, you guys were lining up, you hit the crowd was you know waiting for anticipation, you know reacting to every move. To be in Melbourne and still have the, you know the level of support that you had, how special is that to this crowd, this playing group? I think uh, Fijian fans all over the world. Uh, you can see in the seven series, we have the best crowd in the world. So you could see it today, could hear in the crowd, and uh, always thankful to have that and. Uh, it uh, pushes us to give us, give more. Mick, was there um, a tragedy or something? Yes, unfortunately, um, we lost a, a young under twenties player uh, in the camp um, last week. Um, passed away following a training session. Um, he, we have, you know, our um, Meli Denonolengi, his cousin, so it's a family relationship to us. Plus the under-20s had been using our facilities and he'd been in there during the week, so it was a very emotional and um, close relationship with Indrua. And we asked the family during the week respect respectfully if it was okay if the team could show respect. And the family said yes, so um, yes, it's a sad time.